Please listen carefully. Women being involved in sports is the only thing about sports that I'm into because sometimes they come in and I'm like, I see what you've added here. I see what you've added to this discourse. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And today's episode is dedicated to a very special listener, uh, tied for our number two top fan (laughs) with Marina, is our listener Shanice. And for her birthday last week, and for the anniversary of a certain franchise, we decided that we would record an entire episode dedicated to Shrek just for her. Uh, this particular episode is not sponsored by anything except for our, uh, except for anything but our, our love and joy for Shanice. Uh, however, if you want us to record an episode for your friend, pay us. We will do it. We will also probably do it just if you tweet at me to do it because I this am is our so cameo. desperate. This is our cameo version, but you have to listen. So you have to prove that you've listened to us at least for five minutes. We will, at the five minute mark, we will use a keyword. (laughs) You must. Insert keyword. (laughs) Here's a question, though. I just thought of this. Do you think Shanice had a Shrek birthday at Cineplex for her birthday? Because I'm like, that is the only... Baby Shanice, how old are you in 2001? Uh, Nine, ten? Even less than, oh yeah, no, because she turned 29 this year. So yeah, probably. So we'll believe about your, your age, Shanice, in case you're mad. But oh, so she, she had a Cineplex popcorn birthday in that room with the pizza. And then they had a nice flashback to the past where they, they blocked out the seats just for Shanice's party. Oh I see God. it for her. And they used the party room after for pizza and cake. And maybe they had Shrek themed stuff because that was the movie that was coming out at that time for her. I, what I'm hearing is that when the world opens up again, we should have a birthday with someone where we do this. As we sit in tiny children's chairs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. They've got beanbag chairs in there, too. We could just sit in those. What a time to be. Imagine that's my that's, that's my 30th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but we know it wouldn't be Shrek because, spoiler alert, Steph was like, have I watched Shrek before? And didn't know. <laughs> And, like, after watching it, I can tell you if I did. <laughs> like, I have no idea. What a shock. Because <laughs> it was actually really good. Hold on. I have one. Okay, we have to do. I was sleuthing through some reviews, and this is from a Vulture article. In 2001, two classics of 21st century America cinema premiered in competition at the Keynes Film Festival. One was a psychosexual exploration of a woman's unstable bifurcated identity as it manifests in a fantasy relationship a searing indicament of the hollywood dream factory and the promises it peddles the other was mahalan drive <laughs> so we know and i could agree with that statement i am shook magical but it's so, okay the writer of this just to give them credit rebecca alter wow Shout out Rebecca. Great Rebecca, job. agree, a hundred percent agree with you. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, this is like breaking some barrier bullshit." I'm like, "This is really good." It was so popular immediately. Okay, yeah. it, and it still like it still holds up. That soundtrack, like, is excellent. The memes, 
the memes. It's very much the like Ratatouille of its day. Cause I feel like Ratatouille is another one where it was just like, Oh, this was supposed to be like a weird kids animated movie about a rat that cooks food, but actually it's like a magical movie. Really well done. Yeah. But like Ratatouille where it's like, it's more like actual serious about its content versus like Shrek is like, fuck everything. We're the gonna donkey go- and the dragon yeah. are fucking. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's beautiful. We love it. Also, I love Eddie Murphy's voice. Anytime he talks, I'm just like, yeah. It kills me that the people, when they were told that they were working on Trek, were like, oh, you're getting shafted to, like, the shit project and, like, something gulag bullshit. That's what they called it. I'm like, guys, you, like, made a good movie. (laughs) What that tells me, though, is that, like, at the, like, little DreamWorks factory or something like that, it's the revolutionaries who are punished. And so when you get them all together in a room, they make something amazing. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you didn't work on that. Like, you didn't work well on that other project. What's wrong with all those people that they just made some random bullshit nobody cares about? You got to make Shrek. Mm-hmm. Truly. And it's like, I think I think I read somewhere that, like, Shrek is Shrek 2 or 3 or something is still, like, the third highest grossing animated movie of all time. Of wow. all time. The very first Academy Awards for <laughs> animated picture that ever existed was for Shrek, which leads me to believe that they created that category for the sole intention to give the award to Shrek. Like, can we talk about that, please? That, like, like your movie was so good that they were like, oh, we need to add a new fucking Oscar category and then annoy people for years to come with it. <laughs> Should we talk about the what the plot's even about? Hold on. As I yeah, let's, let's add some structure. Normally, we start the episode off with a little bit of like, oh, how are everybody going? This is where I let you know that Nat showed up 40 minutes late to record because she was still asleep. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Exposed. Okay, ready for the one sentence review. Shrek, an ogre, embarks on a journey with a donkey to rescue Princess Fiona from a vile lord and regain his swamp. Agree, but guys, it's so much more than that. <laughs> also, not a review, a synopsis. <laughs> oh, a synopsis. I mean, it could be someone could give a. That's a, I've I've seen reviews like that on Goodreads. It's oh yeah, the Goodreads review where there's the plot first. Um, yeah. So let's add a little structure to this episode. We are going to talk about one and two. There are lots of others. This franchise has three so full length Shrek movies, one spin off Puss in Boots. One Christmas special about Donkey, and then two Halloween specials uh, that are like like short little short story kind of uh, format things. And then I think there was some kind of like show for a little bit, maybe there was something with the little baby Shreks. I don't remember what it was. Um, so we're talking like um, we're you know they're coming for uh, Marvel's game. You know what I mean? Like they walked so Marvel could then make a franchise with seventy nine installments. Uh, so let's talk about, we're just going to talk about the first and the second one today because those are the two that matter the most. Um, and let's talk about the first one, man. The like absolute classic that started it all. And that according to Smash Mouth ruined their careers. Why did it ruin their careers? I thought it would, that's their highest, highest, what is it? Highest something streamed song ever. They're relevant all the time because of the song, but continue arguably it's the only reason anyone still knows the name smash mouth but if you check in on the tweets of the lead singer of smash mouth he will tell you that he thought that smash mouth could be and this is a direct quote my friends as big as the beatles but being attached to shrek 
and being known as the Shrek song stopped them in their tracks. And so thus they were never able to reach the height of their full potential, which I think is really ungrateful considering the only reason people still know that song. And the reason that song is a meme is because it was in Shrek, bruh. Your band's name was Smash Mouth. Uh, excuse me, that Shrek song pays his bills to this day. So don't come at me with that bullshit, sir. If you look at the streams on Spotify, like, you are making actual money from that, and you're still going to be complaining? Truly, they think that they can't be taken seriously as musicians, which I say with 700 eye rolls, uh, because of it. 2000, they were doomed to be, like, not even, like, a one-hit wonder, but, like, a two, three-hit wonder. They had a few songs that were, like, popular for maybe a year, and that was it. And then they were just doomed to die out. It would have been one of those things like today we would have been like, oh, remember that song that came out by that, what's that band's name? And we would have been listening to it on our like 90s playlist on Spotify. (laughs) No, instead, somebody made the fucking brilliant decision to give permission to use that in Shrek. And to this day, we can all quote that song. You don't even need, you need just the first three beats. And you're like, I know this song. I know the song so well. Let's be clear, Smash Mouth leader. Uh, one of the reasons they probably used it was because your song was cheap as fuck. Yes. Because nobody, like, you were not exactly claiming top dollar. And they're like, we are already running over budget on Shrek. So they found cheap music that people recognize and didn't care about. Okay. And now you are in a, you are a cultural zeitgeist. Okay, the only reason you have followers is because of Shrek. This makes me so mad. This is not even about the movie, but I have to talk about this. <laughs> I mean, the movie is literally showing Disney its ass and being like, uh-uh, that's not how a, that's not how a fairy tale needs to be anymore. And like, also, kids are watching this, sure, but I'm like, I, I'm getting these jokes. I don't think 12-year-old me would have understood half of what's yeah. happening here. Yeah. I remember thinking that the concept that they were like, there's a joke a lot because Lord Farquaad is like super short that um, there's just a lot of jokes about him being short. And so there were times where Shrek just was like, oh, do you think his castle so big because he's compensating for something? But I was a child. So I was like, oh, because he's a tiny man. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's a joke about his dick. <laughs> but also like, I feel like like maybe this is like really overseeing but i feel like shrek was the first like animated movie for kids or what i'm doing using air quotations that used like those high level jokes and then disney started doing it too didn't they yeah. like after yeah. that because like they put in jokes all the time now that are for adults and it's like it's a lot subtler than shrek, shrek obviously <laughs> shrek is like we don't give a shit <laughs> Literally in every article, it's like, Shrek revolutionized what an animated movie could be. And I'm like, and then watching it back, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of really, I will, the one thing that I remember understanding as a kid that made it my favorite was at one point when they are, there's two things that I think are funny. To this day, one of the funniest scenes I've ever watched is when they're going up to Duloc and there's like that guard with the giant Farquad head and he sees Shrek and he starts running, but he runs. It's got like one of those red uh, velvet rope lines so that people can Staunches. line up all zigzag staunches. Um, and the fucking guy runs all the way through them and then Shrek spells through. I don't know why. Even now, I found that visually absolutely hilarious. I was dying because there's something about watching this man run through them. But that is right before the one adult joke I think I got as a kid which is when they go to the little puppets and the puppets are singing the Duloc song (laughs) and they're like, don't forget to wipe your, and you think they're going to say ass. And then they go face. 
that's the one thing I remember as a kid being like, I know what they were going to say. Because I was, what, like, eight when this movie came out. <laughs> like, I know rhymes. <laughs> I know what an ass is. <laughs> I mean, I just enjoyed all the, like, typical Pinocchio and all the shit pe- people coming up into the scene. I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. When they show the Cinderella, like, they're showing the three princesses. Oh, Bachelorette. That was before Has- Bachelorette time. Like, what? what? If- Okay, would it be rev- like would it be crazy for me to say? You know how like all these YA writers, like these millennial YA writers, they love writing fairy tale retellings. What if Shrek did that? I don't think you would be outrageous. To I make know that parallel. Mm-mm. I know. I'm. Th- I think about it a lot because I'm like, I don't know what else did they have to look to. This is their. This is their childhood. I mean, that's the thing, though. This is one of the few things where, like, millennials hold... Sometimes, as millennials, I think we hold on to stuff a little too tightly. But this is one that I think is very much worth the holding on to. Because it's still... It's just still good. It just holds up. It's not something that is, like, I get why you like it, but it should be remade or it shouldn't have been made in the first place. This is just good. <laughs> so thank you, Shrek, for the show Once Upon a Time, I guess. <laughs> Oh, don't put that on them. Even though, yeah, I would agree with you that probably they're connected. Uh, Once Upon a Time was good for one season. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but even if we go to Shrek 2 and they're like walking down Los Angeles and you see the fake Starbucks, you see there's fake McDonald's. Yeah. And then I'm like, this is influencer culture <laughs> happening here. She is a, from the family of influencers. <laughs> we need to talk about um shrek 2 because shrek 2 is my personal favorite i like shrek 1 shrek 1's amazing cultural again so important. i love shrek 2 and i think everybody knows exactly what i'm gonna talk about okay the fairy godmother is perfection in how it's done but that gay iconic scene of her singing i need a hero even now i was like this is so good i rewound it and watched it twice and i don't rewind things lightly guys i really don't like maybe that's what the musical should have been oh yeah why not that's what i forgot to mention when i was talking about the franchises because i prefer to believe that the musical doesn't exist but if you are interested you can go to netflix to watch a version of the stage play for shrek the musical and the way that i describe it is ill-conceived I would not recommend. So initially we were going to have three picks for this conversation and I was going to watch the musical. But what happened was she was warned. I I was warned um, as I started watching and then I started watching and I could not put myself through it because 15 minutes in was enough for me to know that I did not want to die that day. Self-care is important. (laughs) I mean, I can see why they wanted it. Like, I understand the thought process. I get it. But, like, not everything needs to be a musical. The mistake they made, they made a couple. The big one is that the music in Shrek is great. You didn't need to have original yeah. music because the way they use music in the movies works. And, like, I get that you wanted it. And the thing is, you could have made good music because it's certainly a good musical. Like, it, there's room for that as a good musical. But I think the where they lost it and they could never recover is they made a choice to give people costumes that were similar to the character designs. And so visually, it's, like, horrifying to look at. It yeah. is disgusting <laughs> when this man like comes out dressed as Shrek. 
I would say if you want a better version, if you look at the SpongeBob musical, I think SpongeBob is also like a very like irreverent um, cartoon, which was meant for kids, but had a lot of joke for adults. The SpongeBob musical that they made, they were like, hey, we're not going to put a man in a fucking sponge costume. We're just going to give him the SpongeBob outfit and we'll tell you that he's SpongeBob and you'll believe it because the fucking musical. So we don't actually have to try that hard to get you to believe things. But no, Shrek said, let me give him the little fucking ears that pop out of the side of his head so you can be terrified. The ears weren't even the worst part, though. Like, I was like, I could have he could have just had the ears and i would have been fine with it had a little green face whatever the fucking whatever they put on his face like this prosthetic was horrifying horrifying you know what it it looks like if you've ever if you're someone that has ever seen the original design for shrek not the like cute one that they ended up going with but like the original horrifying one where he was kind of longer and skinnier um that is what the stage version of Shrek looks like. And it's genuinely a fever dream. <laughs> and the music sucks. Yeah, the music sucks. Like, I like I was like, I can't even sing to this. It's terrible. And, like, then they had, like, irrelevant people singing. And I was like, I don't want to hear you sing. Not today. It's just crazy how many things came together to make Shrek this good. Because, like, if I remember correctly, they recorded all of Shrek's lines for this movie Three times. One with, I think, Chris Farley, and he recorded most of it, but then he passed away. And then they got Mike Myers, um, and then he recorded it first with an American accent. And at, like, 90% of the way through, he did it once with the, like, Scottish accent, and they were like, oh, my God, this is way better. And so they recorded everything through again with the Scottish accent. This tells me that every single person that worked on this movie is absolutely nuts and it worked together. Like, not just the animators, it was also like the people doing the voice stuff. They were like, Scottish accent, bro. We record it. Let's start out from the beginning. <laughs> and then obviously, Mike Myers, a little bit insane. <laughs> oh, of yes. course. Yes. Yeah. But he's not surprised that at the last minute he was like, but what if he was Scottish? <laughs> He's like, I'm really getting a feel for the character. Scottish. Yeah, it just took me recording five hours of audio first. (sighs) Also, like, didn't, like, he want to re-record Chris Farley's lines, but he also wanted to change all the lines to make it his own character. So, like, didn't they change the script, too? What? I'm sure. I'm sure they did. That sounds like something true of both him and the production team for Shrek. Yeah, they were like, oh, this is, like, too much of a Chris Farley Shrek. I want to make it a Mike Myers Shrek. And I was like, wow, okay. They probably were like, we're not on a deadline. Because I'm pretty sure this, like, went into production, like, 1996, 1997. And then it came out 2001. So they're like, sure, we can record something again. It's fine. I, there are animated movies that have taken longer than that to come out. So Frozen 2, for example, Ugh. I think. Feels like ages. And yet it wasn't actually that long. Right? Wasn't there only, like, two or three years between them? Yeah. That means that they were working on the sequel before the first one even come out. Yeah. They knew that they had here. They knew. They were like, this is it. People are going to love this. Meanwhile, okay, I did look up if Shrek 2 had won an Oscar as well, because again, for me, it's it's my preference of the two of them. Um, it did lose to The Incredibles. And so I am a little torn because arguably The Incredibles is a very good movie. Like, okay, yes, I understand why it won, but shrek 2 man oh also shrek 2 can we talk about how even i think before 
the Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones was popular. This oh, was yeah. clearly him. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the way that to this day, I'm still surprised it's not his voice when it's clearly his face. But like also when, when Shrek in Shrek 2, when he's revealed to be like his human form, I'm like, am I supposed to find him attractive? Like I'm not right. Because I didn't. Um, I, I mean, is it, I don't. Is it supposed to be like an average man that's built to like that kind of, I I think that what they show you is that like everybody's kind of falling all over him. So I think you're supposed to think that he's attractive. That's, what I, that's why that's why I got confused. I'm like, like are they just distracted by his bod because he's probably a tall man? Like we we know that's my. <laughs> I was going to say, as we know in real life, a lot of very unattractive men are considered attractive simply because they are tall. <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's meant to look attractive, but you know he doesn't. And that's are they saying like women also? Just like if he's tall, it doesn't matter. Like uh, there's probably layers here that we're not even considering. Probably this is the one movie where like I would not put it past them to be saying that but i was genuinely shocked when we find out the dad had been a love potion this whole time to oh my god mom. he was a frog what an amazing but she still looks, i'm like why wasn't she leaving i'm like girl peace out you don't need this frog man no she loves him she loves him her frog king Oof. but then it makes sense that fiona's natural state was ogre too she's descended from frogs green is what she wants to be and that's the kind of the fairy whole, tale logic that <laughs> I just love the concept of fairy godmothering as like a business. This is so random, but I don't know if anybody will ever remember remember this. Um, in the days of like roller coaster tycoon and stuff like that, <laughs> there was a, a computer game called Fairy Godmother Tycoon, and you, yeah, 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 and it took place in like a Shrek like fairy tale world Ooh. where you were launching a potion business to compete with Fairy Godmother Inc. Um, and you had to like go from town to town, setting up your store and like figuring out what you needed and like making everybody happy, um, so that you could eventually defeat the fairy godmother as she like sent people to sabotage you. Again, it was very like roller coaster tycoon kind of game. I want that on Switch right now. (laughs) It was so much fun. And a lot of games from that time period had like 11,000 sequels. This one never did. It just had the one single one. I'm not even sure if you could play it now, if you could manage to get it. Because I feel like the computers probably wouldn't even play it anymore. But I spent hours on that game because it was so much fun that sounds cute this also reminds me of that disney movie god godmother that came out oh yeah yeah yeah. i enjoyed that that. movie but it was also the same like godmothers had trained like a business well like a school and then kind of like a business that was a like underrated movie all things considered i feel like it came out with no fanfare whatsoever but it was a very enjoyable little like christmas kind of movie it was cute the ending was a bit ridiculous, but when are they not? Yeah, it's Christmas, right? One thing that I always, like, I don't know why movies do this. I don't know why movies are so obsessed with the idea that every important moment needs to happen in front of a crowd of people. But every single time someone gets up on stage to admit something like super embarrassing about themselves or give some kind of big speech to a room filled with people, I'm cringing. I'm like, in real life, I would leave this room. I could not watch you do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And also, like, why does everybody need to know? Why is that the big statement? I would be mad if I was on the receiving end of that. I'd be like, why are you putting our business out there for everyone? Bro, keep it to yourself. But another reason why Shrek 2 is excellent, okay, is because even though it does have the big reveal, it uses a reasonable excuse of the ball and you get the um, 
I I need a hero scene before that, so I'm perfectly fine I with it. Also, if you I don't know if anybody remembers this, if you watch to the end of Shrek 2, there's a post-credit scene. Like I said, Shrek Marvel. was the original Marvel, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a post-credit scene where Simon Cowell is like they animated Simon Cowell yeah. to be in the movie. And it's his voice doing like an American Idol thing while people audition and sing for him. And it's also an amazing scene. Brilliant. Also, Shrek 2 was when they first brought in Puss in Boots, right? Yeah. Fucking Antonio Banderas. Just. The little what cat is super cute. <laughs> but also, like, yeah. when I was watching this, I'm like, if I blinked, I would have missed that meme or like that joke or something. There's one when the first movie when. I can't remember what's going on. Fiona comes up to them, but then Shrek does like a face. Be like, oh, she's going to do it. I was like, I would have missed that if I blinked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has, a, it has a lot of those. And I was like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> I think there's even one or two jokes in the second one about the cat being like, like pussy jokes, basically. Yeah. I don't remember them, but I'm pretty sure they're there. I, I feel like... I feel like Mike Myers went there and they were like, I guess we're going to have to adapt around this. <laughs> I actually was going to say, I think that the cat says it. I think Antonio Does Banderas he? did it. Does he really? I have to go back. I don't remember. Oh, don't but know. also one thing that this, because I do, I have also seen the third one. And while it's not the best, I do also like that one because that's the one that has all of the princesses from all of the fairy tales get oh, together. Yeah. Like Fiona rallies them together and they have to like, I don't know. It's it's great, but it's like the original scene from I think it's a Wreck It Ralph two, where um, oh, yeah. in Wreck It Ralph two they also have the thing where like yeah. all the princesses are meeting, and it's like guys, Shrek did it first. Okay, That's true. That's true. What a masterpiece! You know what? Could Enchanted also be influenced by this? I'm like they give everything that Shrek influenced, and I feel like there's. I, I mean, mean, every I, I, animated movie after this m- had to have watched Shrek yeah. and been like, oh, okay. Well, I'm thinking more like fairy tale stuff that like has been twisted because I don't know that I've read or watched anything before Shrek that did a lot of that. I think there has been because I think like over time there's always been a lot of like twisting fairy tales. I think Shrek is probably actually what year did Maybe there Shrek was a- popularized it. I think Shrek definitely popularized it. I can't remember if this movie came out before Shrek or after, but there was one, I think it was called Hoodwinked. And after, it was a similar, it was it afterwards? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was going to say that one had a similar kind of vibe. There, they had like a bunch of animated movies that came after that were twisting like fairy tales and Hoodwinked. Yeah, which makes sense. Cause again, it like wildly yeah. popularized it, but I, I feel like the concept of like adapting a fairy tale, like that's what makes them fairy tales, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I also but love Shrek that. Shrek was the one was like, what if they were all in the same universe? Although Into the Woods, not the movie, but the actual stage play is older than this too, I believe. Oh, yeah, I guess. But Radio Disney was so petty about Shrek that they wouldn't advertise on their uh, on their radio station Shrek. And I was like, you missed out. You missed out. And also Imogen Heap, the singer from Imogen Heap is the, the final song in the movie. And I was like, what? Or like the credit <laughs> scene. The music is banging. Every single song that happens, you're like, oh, this was great. The OC was literally like eight years away <laughs> when they play that. <laughs> this really like, we talk a lot the way like a soundtrack can absolutely make a show. It's my yeah. favorite like, fucking thing. When a movie has a soundtrack that is like, doesn't take itself too seriously, but uses like great funny music for the time. Like I come back to Umbrella Academy. That's my favorite version of it currently. Like, 
you know, that version of using music is excellent. And Shrek did that great across every movie. Oh, yeah. They had Funky Town in that. I love that song. I'm looking at what else did they go? Oh my god, accidentally in love. Counting Crows, like who are See? you without Shrek? This is what I'm saying. Counting Crows popular amongst older people for whatever reason, and I didn't know who they fucking were. And then they came back with Shrek, and I was like, "Guess I'm listening to Count." I don't like any of their other songs. I only like that song. Also, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, like that to me is like a extremely cool <laughs> song band. And I'm like, "You work in Shrek?" That's what you happens. This is what happens when you take people that are too good to work on other projects mm-hmm. that are are thinkers okay they're brains they're innovators okay and somebody is like we don't want you on this thing we're doing that we think is going to be great but is actually going to flop you know we don't want you here because you think too well go do shrek the yeah. holding up for a hero cover to this day is not able to be streamed anywhere the fact that they didn't make that a song that I could listen to specifically makes me so mad because it's so well done. And no that one knows why. Great. They're like, who has the licensing? Is it DreamWorks? That they, it's not on, that Spotify, Spotify, are you listening? Like, go call them up. Be like, we would like to buy. You would get a million plays in one hour. Someone, sure. though, I listen to it on YouTube when yeah. I can because it's like, you. why can't I find this anywhere? They know, I, it's like no one knows who, who holds the licensing. Is there even an MP3 somewhere? <laughs> but that's what I'm probably. saying. Like, I don't know if they, I mean, they would have been able to because it's audio recording. So they must have her vocals with nothing else. But maybe they're like, honestly, the good part is it with the animation. We want you to watch the animation every time because the animation is great in that scene. Shanice, we hope you enjoyed this <laughs> lovely ode to Shrek and you. <laughs> an ode to you, an ode to the franchise, an ode to everything that they've ever done. Enchanted is also great. I can't wait to watch Disenchanted when it comes out next year, I think. And FYI, it is directed by Adam Shankman, who, if I remember correctly, Hairspray. Ooh, Maya Rudolph is going to be in it. <gasps> wait, did we know this? Yes, yeah, so we did know this. I was going to say James Marsden is in this, but he was in the first one. He's the voice of the prince, yeah. right? Okay, yeah. never mind. It's been a while since I've watched Enchanted. I just get excited every time I see James Marsden's name, guys. He's just so beautiful. Oh, yeah. And Adina Menzel was in the first one. Uh, the synopsis for Disenchanted is 10 years after her happily ever after, Giselle questions her happiness, inadvertently turning the lives of those in the real world and Andalasia upside down in the process. And the, it's filming right now. It's expected in 2022. Um, also, in terms of good music, I will. The first Enchanted had one of my favorite Disney songs ever is True Love's Kiss because it's just like very ironic and satirical. It's I, I love it. Also, it's James Marsden singing in it, too. Which I just forgot until right now. <laughs> As always, this is the James Marsden fan club podcast. I'm not mad. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with James Marsden. I like looking at him. I like hearing him talk. Here's have, the thing. I have no beef with him. I have one I have one gripe with him. I have one gripe oh. with him. In the movie, oh, no. 27 Dresses, they're in a bar. And he has on the ugliest sneakers I've ever seen in my entire life. He has an athletic shoe on, either with jeans or khakis. And I... That image is burned to my head. I'm like, I didn't deserve that. No one deserved to see that. And I'm upset to this day. The the fashion designer, if the fashion designer, costume designer should have been fired. That I saw that to this day. I'm mad about it. It's the force of his personality and his personality only that makes 27 dresses watchable to this day. Because Mm -hmm. I have watched it recently and it's not a good movie. And those shoes. 
I had I had literally blocked it out of my brain, and I'm like, oh my god, he's wearing a fucking New Balance sneaker with his outfit. That must ruin. That must ruin the best scene in the whole movie for you, then, because the best scene is them singing Betty and the Jets. Uh huh. Yeah. Hello. Hello. I who I can't even speak. I'm so mad. Who would have allowed that to happen? Did was he like, oh yeah, look great? Or other people like, oh yeah, he looks great. Let's let him. Let's have the shoe in the shot. Was the was the point that he looked great, or was the point that he looked like a he looked <laughs> look as, as we know. I look at people's shoes as a judgment of attractiveness, <laughs> and this man's went from a ten to a two because of those shoes. I so, don't think it's. I, I don't think he's supposed to look like anything in that scene. I think he's just wearing a regular outfit of a regular man. <laughs> he is a writer who writes wedding stories in the newspaper, so you would assume he would be lightly cool. Am I wrong? Am I wrong to assume that? Uh, I absolutely don't think any journalist is cool. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who's met them, no. At least, what, okay, we also, one day we have to do a, um, <laughs> I've been watching too many TikToks, but it's like the female gaze and like we find clothes more attractive than muscles and like how if you buff up a guy, you're catering to a male gaze perspective. I'm like, that is so fascinating to me. <laughs> Oh my god, yes, yes, yes. Let's do an episode on the female gaze because I find Hugh Jackman the most interesting experience of this ever in the world. Men always are like, oh, you want us to be ripped, you want us to be no. super ab, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they like point to someone like Hugh Jackman, but that, I'm sorry, you're the one that's horny for Hugh Jackman when he looks like that, friend. You mm-hmm. want to see what Hugh Jackman is attractive like to most women? Greatest showman, okay? Fucking even bad education, okay? When he's on the cover of Good Housekeeping in a soft, baby blue cashmere sweater that looks so warm and cozy, you just know if you hugged him, it would be like a pillow, okay? And then with like a clean clean shaven face and a normal looking body so how dare you let's do this think of every movie where like the woman is like going at the man and she's like oh muscle probably directed by a man uh-huh. and like people yeah. up in arms about harry styles in a dress i'm like i've never found harry styles more attractive right? than in the last two years i was never attracted to this man and then i saw Same. him in a dress and i was like wow yeah, you, you wear that pink you wear that pink you look beautiful very shirt. nice <laughs> It looks great. The man has good cleavage. You know what I'm saying? Like nice. the collarbone area yeah. is excellent. He so has when tattoos he wears here, doesn't things, he? I think he so. He does, yeah. Mm-hmm. When he See, wears he things knew. that covered off, he looks great. I agree. Never found him attractive before, but he is someone who, when he's dressed well, he's infinitely more attractive. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> That's also why I'm so in love with the fact that, like, because of Chadwick Boseman and Mahershala Ali and, like, how BTS also? they would for how whenever they would walk red carpets they would come correct and they would wear not just like the same black suit over and over again they would wear genuinely amazing outfits and then every other man in hollywood had to step up their game specifically because of them they literally made all these men more attractive i just remembered um aldous hodge and his like the the black and gold suit but then his like his arms are out in the vest and i was like that's the only time i'm looking at the muscle because i'm like look at how his arms are displayed this is i think shanice will also appreciate this there's i i was i got sucked into hockey leafs thing uh but shanice (laughs) then i was like I, I probably do this once a year. I go and look at the looks, the suits that they wear before the game, because some most of the time there's some of them that dress really well. And I'm like, who? I need an Instagram dedicated to people posting athletes before a game when they look so nice. Because oh the God. ones that are there dressed is so- an Instagram. For my- <laughs> 
But like, I, it's like, I don't give a shit about your plain, boring blue suit, sir. No, I want the guy that's in the full vest, the gray vest with the pinstripe. And I'm like, that's what I want to see. What, who's our, who's our, who's our favorite, the basketball player? That I'm, I'm, fucking. The Raptors guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you the perfect Sir, thing Serge Ibaka! Serge Ibaka! Oh, yeah. yeah. Go to his Instagram. Okay, so first of all, I also don't care about sports. I make a joke 100%. of it. I make a joke of it how little I care about sports. And then a couple years ago, for some reason, everyone in Toronto was like, basketball, basketball. And I didn't understand why, but I was like, all right. Um, I still don't care about sports, and I didn't care about that game. But someone told me specifically about Serge Ibaka. Because I remember I watched the game with friends, and I was like, that one man is very attractive. And they said, oh... He's more attractive than you realize. And they told me about his Instagram. And oh, Serge Ibaka, he comes out. He When he is walking to the games, he comes correct. Full suits, patterns, super long scarves, hats. Beautiful. He's so French. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he comes yeah. out. He, like, makes French look even better than it actually is. Like, this man is beautiful. But he's not French. He's Congolese. He just yes, speaks French because yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah. But, you know, his, like, his style is very French. Yes. And he, like, he, like, understands the power of a good accessory and looking good. And he gives interviews to that fact. Like, mm-hmm. he specifically will talk about how, like, no, like, I am, this is my job. Like, I'm looking professional. But also, why would I look boring? And so he talks about fashion that he loves. And he did an underwear commercial, FYI, for I can't remember who. Mm-hmm. But he's attractive in lots of different ways. <laughs> also, he loves cooking. So sometimes he'll do cooking videos. His cooking show that was, like, sharing Congolese recipes. <laughs> yes. Bro, I found love. So Serge Ibaka is no longer playing for the Raptors. Oh, I've heard. I don't care. So what happened was I used to follow the Raptors Instagram and his Instagram so I could get pictures of him. And then now he doesn't go for the Raptors. So I stopped following Raptors and I just simply follow him. But there is an Instagram account that was dead. It was for basketball players that were looking great. I can't remember what the Instagram account was named, but I'm sure there must be one for like all athletes or for hockey or something. There was So the one I was looking at hockey and this man... Like, it didn't look good, but I'm like, you went for it, and I'm happy for you. Like, he had a hat, like a, looked like an Amish hat with, like, a patterned purple and black suit. I'm like, you know what? Okay, you go for it. And loafers, like, velvet loafers with a gold, like, insignia on I'm like, okay, I'm like, yeah. When people dress like that, you're just like, what? They think, but they know they look good. Because they're they're just like, you know what? My bod is banging. I'm going to, here's, here I am. Here I am. And I'm like, yeah, I'm into it. (laughs) Other than Serge Ibaka, I feel like everyone else. I'm like, who dressed you? <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, I don't. Do they? I don't think they have stylists in the way that I. You would assume they would have stylists. Some of them might. Some of them might. Yeah, if I know you're really they... big. You probably do. Or they have girlfriends slash wives that know how to dress them. <laughs> Listen, no offense to them, but I don't think they could be as cool as what I'm. Yeah, seeing. weirdly, I would not consider the typical athlete's wife to be someone who I think would have. Yeah, that's true. And that's not, nothing like, against them. Good style. I like. like you know what I mean? Style. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they, they put thought into it. I maybe I think they probably get contracted with a suit guy being like, hey, we made the playoffs. I need XYZ suits for the next whatever yeah. months. But like, so we got we got way off topic here. But like Shanice, I think you're gonna appreciate this because you also <laughs> you watch sports for the sport compared to us. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This is just <laughs> the beginning of the episode, but at the end. You know, we jumped straight into Shrek, so now we're doing the preamble part. I mean, like, uh, we want, like, a red carpet of, like... <laughs> I want someone every day to post 
the Toronto Maple Leafs Instagram did like a fashion Monday or whatever. And they like did a roundup of four people. See, I felt here's a thing. Something happened to a Toronto Maple Leaf player on Thursday or something. So I fell into a hole and this is where I, 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 I eventually reached the fashion side as one does when they don't care about sports. <laughs> um, I think there's just really something there's- you said about like the concept of men trying is very attractive. And again, it yeah. shows probably how low the bar is, but I also feel this way in real life. Like if a man wore a button down shirt, I would be like, of course, you probably have 900 of them because that's the only fashion available for men is just button down shirts. But if that button down shirt had a small little print on it, and for a well, vest, I would immediately be so into that because I'd be like, oh, you actually, you tried. Like, you didn't just buy a button-down shirt in a pale blue that you can wear with every single pair of jeans that you own. You pick something that doesn't go with all of your other clothes, so you have to actually think about it when you wear that. And I know there's an irony in me saying that because since working from home, I have not tried <laughs> at oh, all. Same. Literally, I'm like, Do, can you see my boobs in this? No? Okay, great. That's amazing. Um, so I recognize there's an irony in that, but generally just the fact that like, oh, this man tried, I'm immediately like, wow, this is so attractive. And like, you can have a model in like a basic outfit, but then you show me this man in a suit where he tried really hard to match a pattern. I'm like, mm, I'm going to pick you, sir. This I'm is probably just as, while we, um, evaluate our psyches a little bit. This is probably why I'm so into curls because you have to maintain a curl. Oh, I've also just a little update on me, my love for Robert Sheehan. Um, mm-hmm. I have always talked about how, like, do you think he sleeps sitting up? Because he maintains his curl. <laughs> he probably, so has, a cap. He probably well. has a cap. Yeah, but then I realized, and like, I'm still very attracted to it, so it's totally fine. It's absolutely just like stylist because when he was off mm-hmm. and he was doing his little show from home, um, and he was not going to hairdressers regularly for shoots, the man's curls were a mess. They were not maintained. He was not keeping it tight. He was not plopping. It was, he, he just let the long hair do what it wanted. So I now have confirmation that he does not maintain his hair himself. It's perfectly fine. Still attractive as fuck. But I really, for a really long time there, I was like, how's he keeping them like that? Because he keeps them so tight, so like individually curled. How is he managing it? And it's other people. We have confirmation now. Shanice, happy birthday. We're going to hopefully see you once we get our second vaccine popped in. I'm going to see you earlier at a cottage, but that's just me. (laughs) Single dose pals. Single dose pals. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday, Shanice. If you like this episode and if there's something specific that you would like us to talk about, you literally just need to ask. Like, I know I made a joke about sponsoring us, but let's be honest, we're not that hard to get. I would Uh, love to talk about people's clothes. So if you need that from me. Oh my God, an episode on best outfits? Yes. Clothes in a movie? Imagine imagine our research for for that episode. We're just sitting there with pictures. Slides on, an, on an audio podcast. Let on me explain. Let me describe yeah. this outfit to you. We'd yeah. upload. We'd upload the the <laughs> the presentation so they could watch along <laughs> as we <laughs> talked about it. Um, and on that note, you can send us pictures of hot people in nice outfits to our Twitter and our Instagram at EatsCast, also on our Pinterest at Everyone and Their Sister Pod. That's also the best place to make a recommendation from us. If there's something you want us to talk about, franchise, an individual movie, we're down. We love recording this stuff, so we're super into it. Um, you can also send us a voice message on Anchor through Spotify, so recommend you do that. We love getting them. Um, and we've put a couple, I think one or two, we've put in episodes before Mm -hmm. uh but thanks so much for listening and we'll listen to you guys or you'll listen to us next week bye Bye.
Music credit goes to artists Clearbell for the song Wallflower and Jazz Hard for the song Please Listen.